What is going on, guys? It's DK back at you with another video here to break down the 10-game NBA main slate on Wednesday. If this is your first time watching, welcome to my channel. Again, we'll be talking about the NBA DFS slate. I also make content for Prize Picks and for NFL DFS. Prize Picks is the sponsor of this video. You can use the code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. If you're not familiar with Prize Picks, it is a player prop site. Um, you can build. Player props, uh, two, three, four, up to five, and you went up to 10 extra money. They have a lot of different sports, esports, football, golf. So if you guys want to give it a try, again, use that code. Take advantage of that free $100. And recapping my plays from uh, tonight, went two for two. Finally didn't deal with foul trouble. I went two for three yesterday. So bonus got hooked me. It cost me $400. But it was nice that Bam Adebayo and Andrew Wiggins did not get in foul trouble, thankfully. So hit there on prize picks. And again, if you guys are looking for more in-depth content, you can check out my Patreon linked down below. All right, so let's recap my lineup here from tonight. So tonight looking like it's going to be a solid night in GPPs. Uh, a couple tilting things, but um, yeah, I want Lowry, Royce O'Neal, KD, Bull, Vooch, Jalen Williams. So I, I regret the play, but yeah, it is what it is at that ownership. We knew he was going to be way over-owned. Baisley, I hate the Thunder, and Bam and Abayo. So let me just say this. I hate myself for, for eating the Royce O'Neal chalk, all right? So, and I tweeted about this. The Royce O'Neal faders do not deserve this severe punishment. I think, what, a career high in points for Royce O'Neal? I just, they don't deserve it. So, I actually owe you money. If you faded Royce O'Neal, those are the rules. I owe you money. I, there's no way that I should have got this Royce O'Neal game at that, at that high of ownership. There were a lot of good pivots. Like one example was McDaniels and Minnesota. They were basically the same play and Royce is like 50% and McDaniels is 1%. And the people that go to McDaniels get severely punished by random massive foul trouble and giga chalk Royce smashes. So yes, even though I had Royce, I don't deserve that game at that ownership for Royce. So uh, again, if you faded Royce, I owe you money. I literally have to pay you. Okay. Um, but yeah, Kevin Durant absolutely smashed Bull Bull. Only 26%. You can't be fading Bull Bull. Let me tell you that. Fusevich, don't get me started with that. How are you putting up less than a fantasy point per minute against the Nets? Can someone explain that to me? That's all I want. And then McWilliams, again, was giga chalk. I was going to fade him, actually. And then we got the news that he was starting. And of course, I just, I hate the Thunder. Okay, I hate the Thunder. I play Darius Baisley. He has a really good first half. I'm like, okay, this could be like a really good night for me if Vooch picks it up and Baisley continues in the first half. Baisley plays like two minutes in the second half. Okay, he starts the second half, plays 30 seconds, gets benched. Comes in midway through the fourth, gets an assist, a rebound, in literally 30 seconds, right back to the bench. I hate the Thunder, all right? I'm just tired of their nonsense, man. And then Bam Adebayo smashed. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be a solid night, but it could have been a great night if Vooch had an average game and the Thunder weren't the Thunder. But like I said, I hate the Thunder. I do have a sweat on the showdown slate, too. I'm currently in third place. Um, we'll see if how that ends up. I'll let you guys know on Twitter if, if I do end up taking that down. But, yeah, good, good overall day. Cash in tournaments, um, cash in prize picks have a sweat right now in the showdown slate so you know it's nice it's a nice one uh you know every once in a hundred days i avoid massive foul trouble and injuries 
nice because when I do, yeah, I'm cashing out. So that's a recap there, guys. Again, if you faded Royce O'Neal, I owe you money, okay? Um, and all right, Sacramento and Miami. So Sacramento, ready for pain here, man. I am ready for pain. No deer in Fox. Can he stay out of foul trouble? Is it possible? Got in foul trouble at low ownership last slate to bail out the faders. Was on pace for like 60. Massive foul trouble for Sabonis. Again, for the 77th straight game. Can he please stay out of foul trouble? I don't like the matchup, but no deer in Fox. The offense is going to run through Sabonis. Almost had a triple-double last game. I like him as a contrarian play. I can't recommend him with confidence, though, because he's been in foul trouble again for 103 straight games. Uh, but no deer in Fox, you would think that Davion Mitchell picks up a start. If that is the case, he's probably going to be one of the more popular plays in the board. But it makes sense, right? A guy that, you know, is only playing like 12 to 15 minutes, probably going to start and play like around 30 minutes. Now, we can't expect him to shoot 9 of 11 and go for three steals. So, like, we can't expect that type of performance from Davion Mitchell. But if he starts, I do think he's a really solid value. Um, Kevin Herter, I am so incredibly happy for him. I am not tilted whatsoever at these back-to-back games. But when I make him a core play, 13 fancy points and injured. Next two games, 44 and 43 fantasy points for Kevin Herter. Absolute smash. So Herter, again, I think is a decent option. Keegan Murray, he should, uh, you know, offense should run through him a bit more too. So, I mean, there is a good amount to like him for Sacramento. No, Fox, there is some blood risk and it's a tough matchup, but these starters look good. I'm fine with Harrison Barnes if you want to go there. Um, I hate playing him, but he's fine. And then Davion Mitchell starts, you probably see more run from Malik Monk, um, who I think would be a nice pivot in tournaments, right? So, like, if everyone's going to play Davion Mitchell, let's just assume Davion Mitchell starts at the point. If everyone's going to play him, I do think you can consider a guy like Malik Monk off the bench in GPPs. You might see uh, some more run for Terrence Davis, who's kind of been out of the rotation last couple games. Um, Trey Lyles, questionable. I don't know if that does a ton. Holmes is backing up Sabonis, so... Um, you're probably going to get Sabonis, pick up three fouls in two minutes, and Holmes will smash if you want to go for the Sabonis foul trouble narrative. I guess you could do that. Um, but I don't think I'm going to mess with any of these other guys here on Sacramento. Moving on to Miami. Hero got injured. If you played him tonight, feel for you. Injuries are the worst. Again, I've dealt with like over an injury a day, so I know the pain. It absolutely sucks. Um, but yeah, if Tyler Hero's out, I mean, you most likely see Max Struess in the starting lineup. Struess played 33 minutes last game. He'd be a solid value. You would see more run for Gabe Vincent, who played 31 minutes last game. I think he would be a solid value play. So Duncan Robinson would even see more run. He played 26 minutes. He would be in play for value. And then the main guys look a little bit better, too. Lowry at 5-9, you know, relatively safe play. Bam in a bio. Price went up a little bit, but still good matchup. And Jimmy Butler, 8.8K, would also look solid. So Hero News is huge. If Hero plays, then I don't know if there's any priorities for me on Miami. But again, if he's out, the, the main guys look a little bit, little bit better than Struess. Vincent, Duncan Robinson all get a uh, minutes bump. Boston, Cleveland, two solid defensive teams, two teams that will play slow. So not a ton I love in this game. If you wanted to go to a contrarian Tatum or Brown, that's fine. Smart and Horford are both just there for me in the mid-range. Brogdon, I mean, he's playing well off the bench, but for some reason, he's only playing low 20s minutes. It is a little bit frustrating how little he is playing. Derek White starting and playing like 25 minutes. There's nothing really stands out. Grant Williams will come off the bench and probably play low to mid-20s minutes. I don't know. There's, there's nothing I love on the Boston side. And the Cleveland side, it depends on Garland. If Garland is in, I don't think there's anything I want to go to. If Garland's out, we kind of looked at Donovan Mitchell at 9-4, who's been phenomenal in his absence. Um, Karis LeVert is either going for 75 fancy points or he's going for five fancy points, and there's absolutely no in-between. 
The centers, I'm going to be honest, or the bigs, I rarely play these guys. And Allen and Mobley, when they both are healthy, it's just like, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to figure out who it's going to be that is the big game. So, like, they're both always just secondary plays for me. I always do have a little bit of interest in Kevin Love, though, for tournaments because he's a guy that can provide this type of ceiling and limited runs. So he's always someone in consideration for me for GPPs. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Atlanta and New York. Um, on the Atlanta side, not a ton of stands out here either. New York solid defensively. Trey Young, Murray, they're going to play huge minutes, but they're both more just tournament plays. John Collins, 6'3". He's been a little bit up and down. I think he's like fine. If Okongwu misses, I do think Capella looks a little bit better. Capella's been splitting minutes with Okongwu. Okongwu is out. Maybe Capella's Mets go up. They could also, though, dust off Frank Kaminsky, um, Charlotte Horn, former Charlotte Hornet legend Frank Kaminsky. Um, but um, yeah, so they could do that, or they could just play Capella a bit more. Hunter's just there, four six. If he, if you want to use him as a filler option, it's it's fine. Again, he got in some foul trouble last game. He should, in a competitive game, probably play low thirties minutes. So <clears throat> I'm okay with DeAndre Hunter as a filler play. But uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on the bench, guys. Moving on to New York. So New York, um, I think the main three guys look decent. No priorities in Randall, Brunson, and Barrett. I think Brunson probably my favorite, a guy that can stuff a stat sheet. He's having the ball in his hands a lot. And um, yeah, he, he flashed his ceiling. So Brunson probably my favorite. But Randall, Barrett, both fine. The two centers are good tournament plays in Robinson and Hartenstein. You can't really trust the minutes for either. But probably one of these guys is going to have a good game. Um, Hartenstein has played a bit more. Last couple games, 27 and 28 minutes. Both are good point per minute guys. So I do have interest in both the Knicks centers for tournaments. And then Emmanuel Quickly's minutes have been going up a little bit too. He's been playing some more with the starters. He is a good point per minute guy. So another guy that I do kind of like in GPPs. Charlotte and Chicago. Rogier Martin, doubtful again. So we kind of know what's going on here with Charlotte. Dennis Smith Jr., Hayward Ubre. That's where the offense should be run through. Dennis Smith Jr. had like 22 steals last game. You can't expect that again. But 6.7K, he's viable. Gordon Hayward. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Gordon Hayward played 34 minutes last game. Um, he's decent. Ubre played a lot less. He only played 25 minutes. Didn't deal with any foul trouble, so that was a little bit concerning, those minutes. P.J. Washington's been playing out of his mind. Um, I'll let others chase. I don't think he's going to continue to go for 40-plus fancy points a game. Normally, he's like the fourth option offensively, so um, he's like a decent play, but probably will be a bit overwhelmed because of recency bias. Plumlee, Richards, these guys are splitting the sentiments. They're both fairly priced. Um, probably one of those guys will have a good game. McDaniels is a solid option off the bench. He's been playing a bit more. I think he's an okay value play. And yeah, that's it for Charlotte. For the Chicago side, Zach Levine not expected to play here. They have him already out, but they said he's expected to sit out. So I don't know if he's like confirmed out, but DraftKings has him listed as out. I don't expect him to play. So Vucevic, DeRozan, they should have more usage here without Levine. Vucevic has, was a massive chalk bust today. So maybe that lowers the ownership, but he's now, he's a nice bounce back candidate. And then DeRozan should have more usage as well. So the top two Bulls guys look decent. Ayo DeSumo, um, he had a decent game today, but... I think he's just more of a secondary play for me. Russo's 4-6. He should probably see like mid-20s minutes off the bench. And then I mentioned I liked Goran Dragic for GPPs um, tonight on Patreon uh, because he was projected for 2% ownership, and he ended up being like 20%. How are you that? Whatever. Yeah, Goran Dragic, I mean, he's not a bad point for minute guy. Uh, so 3.4K, he's always someone I think is you know playable as a really cheap option. And Patrick Williams played a lot too, 31 minutes. So um, there actually is some a, a decent amount to like here for Chicago. Cheap options and guys like Drogic and Williams. Um, and then top-end guys like DeRozan and Vooch um, with you know Io being an okay option there in the mid-range. 
Detroit, Milwaukee. So I guess all it took was me to um, you know talk bad about Cade Cunningham because ever since I did that, it was here. It was literally after this game. I was like, ah, oh, Cade's not looking great. Literally averaging like 50 fans points a game. So, I mean, there's massive blowout risk here, blowout risk here playing on the road, but if the Pistons want any chance to keep it competitive, it's got to be a big game from Cade Cunningham. Ivy, Bogdanovich, Stewart, Bay, they're all just kind of in a group for me that like I rarely play these guys. They're all just secondary options. Probably one of those guys will have a good game. I played Bojan Bogdanovic a couple times in my DFS career, and I hate it every single time. Every time I play him, he's just so awful shooting. Uh, but if I fade, he'll literally nail like 10 threes. So I just I don't like playing Bojan. I hate him. Um, Duran's still out. So Noel's the backup five. If you need a min-price guy, you can play him. Played 18 minutes last game. Killing Hayes might be the worst player in the NBA, and that is not an over-exaggeration. All right, Milwaukee. So... Um, great matchup here. The game can stay competitive. I mean, the top four guys look pretty good. Giannis and Drew. I mean, Giannis is expensive, but you know the ceiling he has. Drew Holiday's played very well over the last couple games. So those two guys look good. And Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez minutes have been ticking up. So Portis was, you know, originally playing low 20s minutes, 26, 25 here, 24, 28 last game. So that's good to see his power forward eligibility. And then Brooke Lopez is also playing a ton, 33, 34, 34 minutes. So if he's going to continue to play low to mid-30s minutes, then, yeah, I like some Brolo. So, actually, a good amount to like here for Milwaukee if the game can stay competitive. If you wanted to target some of these cheap guys like Allen or Carter, like you can in tournaments, but it's mainly just the top guys from Milwaukee for me. Clippers and Rockets, this is another team that tilts me. So, I originally last slate had Paul George in my lineup, but then once we got the Embiid news, I pivoted to Harden, who did do well. But, of course, Paul George goes for 75 fantasy points. So... Um, and I mentioned I really liked him that day. But, uh, yeah, I pivoted off to Harden, whatever. Um, another great matchup. And he played 38 minutes. I mean, obviously, this is the type of ceiling he brings. But you can't expect eight steals and blocks for Paul George, right? But, yeah, I mean, he still looks good there at the top. And Avicii Zubac, um, I mean, played 32 minutes. Whenever this guy plays, you know, 30-plus minutes, he's a guy that has a very high ceiling. So I like some Zubac. Reggie Jackson with John Wallback will probably pass. I mean, they're both just tournament plays. Marcus Morris played a lot last game, played 37 minutes. If we're going to get that type of run again from Morris, I think he's a decent play. Norman Powell shifted to the bench. His minutes have been ticking down. Um, Luke Kennard started last game. He played 34 minutes. If he continues to start, you can utilize him for value. Man, Batum, minutes weren't great on them, so probably will pass. On the Houston side, so we kind of know what's going on here for Houston. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, these guys should play low to mid-30s minutes. Kevin Porter Jr., the guy at the higher floor, He's a guy that will have the ball in his hands more, where Jalen Green is more scoring dependent, and he has not shot well. Let me just say that. Uh, over the last like five, six games, this guy's shooting like 10% from the field. Now, for me, DFS, I love buying into guys like this after multiple bad shooting games in a row because he's always lower owned than he should be. You're not going to, Jalen Green's not going to shoot this bad for the rest of his career, right? And when he does have a decent shooting game, like here against Memphis, that's the type of ceiling. So he's always, like, whenever guys are shooting this bad, um, they always are good tournament plays. Um, so I do like some Jalen Green in tournaments. I'm going to pass in Jabari Smith, who's been really disappointing of late. My boy, Sangoon, I'm, we're going to get back into this again. Play him for minutes, Steven Silas. Why are we playing him 25 to 30 minutes a game? Play him like 36 minutes a game. Like there's just no need. Again, we're going to do this again. Play Tar Easton more. Play Sangoon more. Why are we playing Deshaun Nix minutes? Why are we playing Garrison Matthews minutes? 
Why are we playing Dusty Eric Gordon 35 minutes a night? You tell me. This is a rebuilding team. Play your young guys and play them a lot. Enough of these stupid rotations. Play Singoon more. Or get fired. All right? Steven Silas. Yeah, Singoon, 5.9K. He's a good play. I wish he would play a bit more, but he's going to be productive when he's on the court. Eric Gordon, for some reason, he's playing huge minutes. He's a fair value play. I mean, if he's going to continue to play low 30s minutes at 4-5, I have some interest in Eric Gordon. KJ Martin had the game of his career. Um, I'm sure the people, though, that played him here at low ownership when he started are so incredibly happy for him. Shot one of nine, but shoots nine of 17 here. Goes for two blocks and a steal. He's fine, but probably will be a bit overowned after that last game. Again, there's no Jay Sean Tate, though, so... You should see some decent minutes for KJ Martin. You also should, keyword should, see Tari Eason play a little bit more. Play him more. I'm tired of the, like, 12 minutes a night. Like, what are we doing here? Why is Deshaun Nix in this rotation? Why? Why is Garrison Matthews in this rotation? Just play your young guys. Why is Josh Christopher not, like, why is Deshaun Nix playing over Josh Christopher? I just, I don't understand. Like, just make me the coach of the Rockets, all right? I'd play Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Alfred Sagoon, like 38 minutes a night. Jabari Smith, I'd play him a ton. Play Tari Eason a lot. Like, just play your young guys. Stop it. With the dumb rotations, all right? I've had enough. Toronto and San Antonio. Van Fleet News is huge here. He was questionable. If he misses, Siakam's, you know, going to get a usage bump. He had a massive game last game. And then you're going to get Scotty Barnes playing the point, who would look really, really good. So that's huge news. OG Ananubi also had like 17 steals and blocks. You can't expect that again, but he would look fine, as would Gary Trent Jr. You would Coloco pick up a start and Coloco play in garbage time. So be careful about the 21 minutes there. Um, he's not really someone I'm interested in. I would rather play Chris Boucher off the bench who played 21 minutes and did not get uh, any garbage time run. So Boucher would look pretty good there for GBPs if there's no um, Van Fleet. You also have Otto Porter, though, that could be back here. So that could make the bench rotation a little bit interesting. Um, so yeah, Van Fleet news is huge. If Van Fleet plays, I don't know if there's any standouts here. Um, Siakam would still probably be my favorite play, but yeah, there, there probably wouldn't be any like smash plays for me on Toronto side. On the Spurs side, I'm also I'm tired. Of this just, just tired of them having like five questionable guys, and you just you never know what Pop's gonna do, man. Just I'm tired of the Spurs too. Yeah, Keldon Johnson questionable, Vassell's out, Sochan's questionable, Wesley's out, Roby's questionable. I have no idea what's gonna happen. All right, I have no idea. If everyone that's questionable is out, you're probably gonna see a starting lineup of Trey Jones, Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertl, Ada Bates Diop. And Doug McDermott would probably be the starters. Um, yeah, I mean, if that's the case, some of these cheaper guys are going to look pretty good, like McDermott, like Bates Diop. Zach Collins did play a little bit alongside Pirtle last game. He's a good point per minute guy. I would be intrigued by him for GPPs if all these guys are out. Um, Malachi Branham got the backup point guard run. He played 19 minutes. He's an okay play at the flat min price. But yeah, it's hard to say right now with Keldon, so, uh, Jeremy Sochan. Is it Sochan or so? I think it's Sochan, right? Um, with all these guys questionable. So, yeah, the Spurs, again, we'll, we'll see what they, who ends up playing. But um, if, if everyone that's questionable is out, then there's definitely going to be some value to be had. Utah and Dallas, I'm also tired of Lloyd Markin. I'm really tired of him because whenever I don't play this guy, he just absolutely can't miss. I'm just 
I'm tired of him smashing when I fade. 7.6K, he's playable. I'll probably fade again. He'll probably go for 60 fancy points again. Clarkson, Conley, they're playing about 30 minutes a game. Indifferent on them. I played him on the late slate last time. Massive foul trouble again. Um, but if I fade, 34 minutes and breaks the slate. So every time, Tyler Linux has been in foul trouble three of the last four games. I've had him every single time. You're at Vanderbilt. Also another guy that's in massive foul trouble um, all the time. So like, Linux and Vanderbilt, they can stay out of foul trouble. They do have a ceiling, but they're just in foul trouble 99.9% of the time. Sexton played a little bit more last game, 24 minutes off the bench. I think he's okay at 4-4. Malik Beasley also been getting some decent minutes off the bench. He's fine for tournaments. Walker Kessler is back and should be in this rotation, so it does make, you know, Linux a little bit riskier. Um, Rudy Gay is also back. I just don't know if I want to mess too much with this Jazz bench rotation. On the Dallas side, Christian Wood is questionable. If he misses, they can do a few different things. So if he misses, you could see more run from McGee, who probably would split the center minutes with Dwight Powell. So McGee and Dwight Powell probably split center minutes, but you also could get small ball Maxi Kleba, especially against like a small ball team in Utah. So they could do a lot of different things there for Dallas if Christian Wood is out. But yeah, Luke Doncic, he's easy to talk about. If you have the salary for him, he's been phenomenal. I have absolutely no issue with him. If Wood plays, he's fine for tournaments. If he misses, then you know you probably do get a little more usage for guys like Dinwiddie and Hardaway Jr. would look a little bit better. You know where you're getting from Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock. Uh, and then again, the center rotation. If there is no Wood, guys like Kleba, McGee, Powell become more interesting. Kleba probably being my favorite just because I could see him playing small ball five here against Utah. So uh, yeah, that is Dallas. Let's finish it up here. Memphis and Portland, second to last game of the night. Memphis also has some question marks here. LaRavia, Adams, Bain. I was so incredibly tilted about a random massive blowout last game for Memphis. I pivoted to a low on Dylan Brooks because Desmond Bain was out. And I get punished for it with a random blowout. Yeah, if there's no Bane, John Morant at 10-3 looks really good at GPPs. Because John Morant is the entire offense. Uh, and if there's no Bane, Brooks would look okay. He's going to get a lot of shots up. John Conchard would most likely start. He'd be fine. He got in random massive foul trouble last game. Um, and if there's no Steven Adams, they could do a couple different things. They could start Brandon Clark at the 5 or... They could start a guy like Xavier Tillman at the five who entered the rotation of the flat men price. So there could be some value there. Santa Claus Aladama um, has done nothing, but when he was massive chalk, first couple slates of the season, smashes. But when no one's playing him, bust. Again, a giga chalk ownership breaks the slate. But he's 4-6. He's still getting a lot of minutes, still a playable option. And as is David Roddy, who played 29 minutes last game, he shot 0 of 8. So Memphis, again, there's some question marks. We'll see what happens there with Bain, Adams, LaRavia. Definitely could be some value, though. On the Portland side, another team that's pretty thin here. No Lillard, no Watford, no Payton. Josh Hart in the concussion protocols. He might not be available, too. So this team is pretty thin. Starters, if there's no Josh Hart, will probably be Simons, Nurkic, Grant, Sharp, and Winslow. Um, Yeah, Anthony Simons and Nurkic are my favorite options here. I really do like both. You're going to see a lot of point. Anthony Simons had seven assists last game. He looks great. My boy, the Bosnian Beast, Nurkic, absolutely smashed last game. I like him a, a good amount. Jeremy Grant's fine in the mid-range. He would play a lot. Shaden Sharp started last game. I think he's okay. He did shoot well. Didn't do a lot of the peripheral stats, too, which has worried me a little bit. So um, he's fine. I'd probably rather get, though, to Justice Winslow, who's a guy that can stuff the stat sheet. Almost had a triple-double last game. So a lot to like him for Portland. If Josh Hart plays, then obviously, you know, Winslow moved to the bench. But Winslow would still be playable off the bench. 
And then if there's no heart, then you're going to see, you know, guys like Nasir Little and Keon Johnson probably play a little bit more. If you need to complete punt plays, they're playable. 3.2K for Little, 3.4K for Keon Johnson. And then Eubanks will obviously back up Nurkic. Um, but he probably won't play any alongside him. And finishing up here, the Pelicans and the Lakers. So the Pelicans, Ingram's out, but Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, probable. So this team is getting close to fully healthy now outside of Ingram. So really, Zion at the top is the guy that I do like, 8-7. More of a tournament play. Only played 31 minutes last game, but it was a blowout. Um, I mean, this is a good matchup. So I do like Zion. CJ feels a bit pricey, as does Jonas Valanciunas. As far as the starting lineup goes, it's most likely going to be um, CJ, Herbert Jones, Zion, JV, and then probably one of Najee Marshall or Trey Murphy starting for Ingram. Um, Marshall's been really, really good. He's been playing huge minutes, but again, this team is now getting a lot more healthy. Um, again, Trey Murphy's done pretty well in the starting lineup too, but those guys should see a pretty big minutes decrease with uh, Herbert Jones uh, back. So they become a bit riskier. Um, and everyone, a lot of these guys are priced up from when the team was very short-handed. So not a, not a ton else I'm looking to on the Pelican side. And finally, the Lakers. Um, LeBron, AD, they're both going to play most likely. And I'm tired of the, I'm tired of these two. If I play LeBron, it's an AD game. If I play AD, it's a LeBron game, right? So I'm just really tired of guessing wrong in these guys. But AD's 9-1, LeBron's 10-9. I probably do give the edge to Anthony Davis, which means you're going to see a vintage 30-point triple-double from LeBron James, and Anthony Davis will go to the locker room. Russell Westbrook looked good off the bench, and this is what I said at the beginning of the year. There's no point to start Russell Westbrook, Right? But saying this since last year, it makes sense to bring him off the bench and stagger minutes with LeBron James. Like, this literally, like, I don't know why this wasn't done earlier. But Westbrook at 6-4 off the bench is actually in play. The rest of the Lakers' value also really pisses me off. Lonnie Walker, Beverly are fine. Lonnie's had a few good games. Beverly's minutes been a little bit up and down. Uh, no point of going to Jones and Gabriel if Anthony Davis plays. Troy Brown Jr. started last game. Like, he's a low-usage guy, but he played 26 minutes. He's playable. Austin Reeves has been playing a lot more recently, 26, 27, and 28 minutes. But let me remind you, when I play a low ownership opening night, 16 minutes, four fantasy points and massive foul trouble. Oh, no, it wasn't foul trouble. It was foul trouble here, actually. But four fantasy points in 16 minutes when I play a low ownership on opening night. 26, 27, 28 minutes here, though, now. So... Um, I actually would rather go to Reeves over Troy Brown in tournaments than the Kiss Ceilings higher. And then Kendrick Dunn's basically been out of the rotation. Um, he's surprisingly been really, really, really bad for this team. All right, guys, so that's going to wrap up the video. Again, if you haven't enjoyed the content, make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. As always, I appreciate you for watching, and I'll see you all in the next video.